As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Leaf Report is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. The Leafs are going to be playing the Avalanche at home on December 4th, Nazem Kadri's return to Toronto. You might want to see that. So you can use the GameTime app for that. You can use it for music. You can use it for theater tickets. You can use it for Raptors, other hockey games. If you want to go see the Sabres play in Buffalo, you can find tickets on the GameTime app. It's an easy two-tap checkout. Just two taps, and you've got your tickets. The GameTime app is simple. It's quick. It's easy to navigate. So download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. believe it we're almost at the end of the decade <laughs> that, I do that's believe my it. That, that's my <laughs> introduction think of all the things you've done between 2010 like it's gonna be 2020 it's like we're living in blade runner now or terminator part four or something yeah it's funny like when you think back like 2009 just doesn't seem that long ago and it's 10 years ago that's what happens when you get old i think is the decades start to blend together and and it doesn't i had the way that someone explained it to me is the older you are the less like a decade's a, a, a smaller portion of your life than it was when you were younger right so it's like less impactful or whatever if that if that makes any sense at all it is or it isn't well it's like a, a decade is less of your life if you've been around longer you know what oh, i mean so yeah. it goes by it feels like it went by faster if that makes sense yeah yeah fair enough 
like when you're like 25 a decade is like you know a huge part of your life and then if but if you're 50 it's less so anyway it's the end of the decade <laughs> and the athletic did is doing this cool series and it's doing um a whole bunch of stories to look back at the last decade and the one that i put together um uh, is on the leafs and the last decade for the leafs and i put together kind of like an all decade team and talked about some of the things that have happened between january 1st 2010 and basically today where we are now um you know late november um 2019 um it was a hard thing to do a hard exercise to do to like how do you sum up the last decade for the leafs because like the first six years was kind of a complete disaster in a lot of different like those teams like redefined failure in over some of those years like there was some there was a lot of bad things that happened there and coaches fired and gms fired and players you know their salute gate and like there's just all this garbage that happened and the fan base like turning on the team and that one year where they won 11 of their last 51 games and the 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 turnaround the it was 4-1 in boston in 2013 like there was all this bad stuff that happened and then at the end part of the decade the last like three years it started to turn rather quickly in the right direction so it was trying to like sum all it all up with the last 10 years of the leafs was 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 kind of difficult because there's it's almost like there were two stories being written in the last 10 years well it kind of shows you like the value of competent management and how it can dramatically change your outlook. Yes. So there's like the Burke Nonus era. Burke was hired end of 2008, um, promptly made the, the Kessel trade, which set them back a few years not having those picks. Um, and then there's the Lamorello Dubis era, uh, which we're obviously right, <clears throat> still right in the middle of right now kind of the rebuild and the the quick turnaround and then you know we'll see and 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 the end of of the decade has been defined by these huge contracts going to their young players which is and that's going to be something that's going to define probably the next decade for the Leafs too is whether or not those bets they made on those young players work out or not yes very true but like <laughs> you look at the talent that they have now and it's just like they didn't have anything like that in the beginning of the decade. Like the furthest I have lines back in my Excel spreadsheet is 2012. And I'm just looking at their opening that line, lineup and it's just like the talent level to what it is now is, is vastly different. Obviously. I remember, I remember times when Joey Crabb was on the first line. I mean, that might be going before 2012, but do you have the lines in front of you for what they were in 2012? Yes. Okay, so this is the opening night lineup against Montreal, October 6, 2012. Fratton, Garbovsky, Kuhlman. Not a bad line. Lupo, Bozak, Kessel. Okay. Philippe Dupuis. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. Zero goals. Dave Steckel. Didn't, didn't he have zero points in 20, 20 games? Did he? I don't remember. I think, I think he had zero points. And I remember writing about him, and he was just like so upset. And then he never played in the NHL again after that. They sent him down, and that was it. Okay, Dave Steckel, your twin on the third line center. Good guy, Colby Armstrong. A fourth line of Jay Rosehill, Matthew Lombardi, and Mike Brown. 
And then on defense, you had Gunnarsson Fanuf, Lyles Shen, Gardner Komisarek, and James Reimer between the pipes. That is awful. That so. is that is terrible. Okay, so well, you did the all-decade team. It couldn't have been October 2012, Jonas. There was That was when the lockout was on. Okay, so maybe this is 11-12. Yeah, it's 11-12. Sorry. Yeah. I was thinking, so that's 2011. That lineup, October 2011. That lineup didn't make sense. So that team finished with a whatever they finished with. Like, what did they have? They have 80 points or something like that? Like, And that was in after that year, Brian Burke lost his job. So, Yes. And then was the 2013 season. Right. Yes, which will which none of us will ever forget. Not just because of how it ended, but just that it was a weird year all around. Do you remember that Ben Scriven started the opener that year? Oh my god! In eleven twelve? No, in the third in the lockout year. He started two no. of the first three games. Hmm. Anyway, eleven twelve. They had eighty points, and then yes, that's when Ron good. Wilson got fired. Ron Wilson got fired like. Look at that roster. Like, look at what the third and fourth line were. Like, Dupuis, Steckel. Like, what was Ron Wilson supposed to do with that? Well, Tim Connolly was hurt, and then he came back. The big thing is Ron Wilson didn't have goaltending. Like, I wonder if he had better goalies. Anyway, that was not a good he, team. He, he had Toscala. And... So, okay, so I was charged with putting together the all-decade team for the Leafs. And unsurprisingly... Um, a lot of the players, even though it's you're looking at a ten year span, a lot of the players have come from the last three years when when they've added a lot of stars. So my first line for the all decade team for the Leafs was JVR, Austin Matthews, and Phil Kessel on the wing. What do you think of that? I think that's fair. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody at at left wing that would supersede Ben Reams. No, left, left wing's so. pretty. Left wing's pretty lean, man. Like. And I guess the only argument you could make a right wing would be Marner, but Kessel was like 80 points every year, and he played every game. Like, I I don't think I can dispute that. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. No, I was just thinking of like a super that. exciting like offense first line that would be interesting to watch play. Like, well, who, like let me ask you this: Who do you think hit a higher peak, James Van Riemsdyk or Joffrey Lupul? Well, the one season that Lubel had was probably better, right? Than yeah, anything Ben Reemsdyke well, had. Maybe not. I don't know. I was just thinking about that one Lupo year. Lupel was, was never awesome very good at times. Lupel was never great defensively. Nor was Van Reemsdyke. Yeah. Is. But Van Reemsdyke was just like really consistent. And he was really good on the power play too. Like he was They've they've so missed a, him ever since. So effective there that um, the second line I have, and this speaks to the, what we're talking about with the left wing. My second line is Clark MacArthur, John Tavares, Mitch Marner. And I mean, the only question there is if like Lupo should be that left winger or part of the thing too, Jonas, is I had to start from January of 2010. And I think some of Lupo's better seasons with the Leafs were actually predate that. I think if I'm thinking of it appropriately. Well, let's and the other thing too, that... Lupo didn't. Lupul didn't play that long for the Leafs either. So, oh no, I'm misremembering. No, they got him in 2010. I'm misremembering that. So his big year was 11-12. That year we were talking about 25 Went goals, to the All-Star 67 game. points in 66 games. And then the injuries just started to add up. You know, he like he didn't play a lot of that shortened season. 
He only played 16 games. Mm-hmm. And um, he wasn't the same player again after that. So, I mean, I, anyway, I like... You can put Lupo on that line. And my third line was Lupo, Kadri, and William Nylander. So... The the thing for me, looking back at this, and we'll get to the other positions, but, like, their forwards over the last 10 years have been fine. Like, they can put together a pretty... Especially with how the talent they've added the last couple of years. Um, it's when you get into the other positions that you can see why they struggled so much for, for so long. Yeah, because Clark MacArthur, like, that one year or a couple years with Grabowski and Kuhlman, that was a good line. That was, like, yeah. one of their better lines. It was... It, it like ground teams down, like they cycled it. Is Grabo the fourth line center? No, it's Bozak. 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 Yeah. I got I got Zach Hyman, Tyler Bozak, and Kuleman on the, and Grabo is my extra forward. So I think you know, that's probably right. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else you didn't include. I tried to find a way to make the fourth line MacArthur, Grabowski, Kuleman, but it didn't really. <laughs> it was. I probably should have done that. I can still change it. We, have, we we haven't published this yet, so <laughs> but but yeah, like those guys were all, and I think the other. So I think now I think I'm remembering properly. I think some of their strong seasons were before 2010. So like that that would impact. Like I was looking at their stats from January one 2010, just because it's the all decade team. So like like Kuleman and Grobowski and MacArthur were on the team in in 08, 09, and 09, 10, and but but that big year that we're talking about would have been would have been in in this window that we're talking like Grabowski had twenty nine goals in in twenty ten eleven so and then he was bought out soon after. Yep, we should do a ranking of like the craziest like contractual things with the Leafs personnel the decisions. Yeah. yeah, personnel decisions because I'm just looking at back at like some of these lines and some of these players, Dave Boland, uh, David Clarkson. Like there was just some some interesting stuff. That happened. Okay, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that, and and as we continue to discuss what happened in the last decade for the Leafs. Um, So the defense is tough because right defense has always been pretty brutal. They have not really had like who's the best right defenseman that the Leafs have had in the last ten years. Dion. (laughs) That I know. Like it. It is, isn't it? Like, is there even? I don't even know who the other Cody Franzen. I think it's Dion. I kind of copped out and I put the top pairing as Gardner Riley. And that is a. That is a brutal cop out. That is a. <laughs> that is this not is me. A, not this okay. This is me. This is me airing my long term grievance that that line didn't get to play together enough. Because I think that that could have potentially been a good line for the Leafs and they just never played them together. And it's it's also a cop out because I didn't want to put Dion Phaneuf on the top pair for the, the all decade team. I think it probably should have been Riley Phaneuf. But it's your it's your it's your choice. So who's on the second pair? Yeah, you've shown you've shown like literally no interest in this team in in this whole project existing and have contributed <laughs> until now. To and it now I'm all until, in until they forced you to do this podcast against Bill, <laughs> and now you're going to criticize all of the hard work yeah. I put into this. Totally. Well, because you're my, you're breaking so what, the rules. My second pair is also a cop out because I have Jake Muzzin on it, and he's wow. played like. He's played like sixty games for the Leafs or something like that. If you include the playoffs, so who's who's he playing with? Fanuf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's hard. The the, the the 
like wait till you, my third pair is also a cop out. Do you want to hear what my third pair is? I do. Thomas Cabrera. No, and? that's that's not that doesn't work, man. That guy played like and? he was here like a year and a half. Yep. But and he he is better than the other options. <laughs> and and Ron Hainsey is is Thomas Cabrera's partner as the the wily veteran. That's how bad their sure team has been that, the last man. ten years. What, who I would you, put Gart. Put, well, I put Gunnarsson the guy that was waved through the league like four times in the last decade is the guy that was better than those guys. Gunnarsson. Gunnarsson is, Gunnarsson's my extra D, and so is Franzen. Those are I carried. I carried eight defensemen. Well, and the other thing too with Thomas Cabrera is like he wasn't very good by the end either, right? So that's yeah, that's why that's a. Play. He didn't play enough. Like he he played eighty two games in the ten eleven season, and then he was traded the next year after fifty eight. Well, the question is like, what's enough to get included on the list? That's that's up to you. Well, uh, just, this is what I decided, and but the thing <laughs> is, like, if, if if you say that if you say Muzzin can't be there because he didn't play enough, and Cabrera can't be there because he didn't play enough, and Riley can't play on the right side you're going to have like Gunnarsson and Franzen in your top four and stuff. Like, like they That's just, what it is. Like I'm just if doing you, it now. So I think it would be, here, here let me, let me, let me ask you this, Jonas, like okay. who, which, which defenseman played the most games for the Leafs in the last 10 years? Gardner. Yes. And then Riley. Yes. And then, uh, for enough. Yep. And but then, then, then you get into like, off. then you get into like Roman Polak and Zaitsev, like. So if okay, you well have here's this, how I would do it. Those are the only guys that have played 200 games. Yeah, it's so not that's been why a, it's not been a great. That's group. why Cabrera and Muzzin and, and like these guys factor in because they have changed the D. Like hardly any D have played more than three seasons for this team in the last ten years. Okay, so like, here's like, how I would have it. Be Based there? on. Based on right left, if you're respecting that, which I am respecting, I would have Riley Fanuff, Gardner Franzen, Gunnarsson Hainsey, which isn't yeah. isn't good, but it sticks to the project. But it is it it, it kind of highlights what was a big time weakness. I mean, Riley finished I think fifth for the Norris last year. When was the last time they? I don't think the Leafs have ever had a Norris winner. They haven't. No. When was so, the last time they had anyone that was even close? Like. That Riley is like the first since like I don't know how close did Salming ever get? They have not had good defensemen for since I've covered the team. Yeah, and that has that has hurt them. What about the goalies? Let's hear the goalies. <laughs> well, I think the goalies is kind of easily to predict. Like, wait, can I stop you? Like, I just found Borja Salming. Uh-huh. Okay, these are the Norris finishes. Fifth, fourth, third, yeah, he, second, fourth, third, second. Yeah, he was nominated sometimes, yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, he Sorry. was good. He was good. He's before our time, but he was certainly good. Um, the goalies, I mean, Frederick Anderson's like a complete no-brainer. Like, you know, he's Number he's one. quickly climbing the, the, the career franchise lists for the, for the team, and he's the easy choice for the starter. And I thought James Reimer was the easy choice for the backup. You know, just because, you know, he's the goalie that took them to the playoffs that one year. He played a lot of games. He won a lot of games. And the, his competition for that backup role is not substantial. 
It's the same as the goalie, same as the defenseman. Like, there was a lot of turnover. There were a lot of bad goalies. And other than Anderson, there's nobody that was the number one that was really that impressive. Man, who would even be in the conversation? Bernier is the only one that could threaten to be the backup. Bernier's the only. And, like, he flamed out. He had one good season, and then he flamed out pretty hard. Not good. Wow. That is... And that's honestly, like, you, you look at the lack of success for most of the decade. You don't have good defensemen, and you don't have good goaltending. It's hard to win. Jaguar like, played 48 games in the decade, so... The monster played 107. <laughs> you know what would be interesting? Like, if you looked ahead, like, what will the next decade team look like? I think we can say for certain, like, Matthews, Marner, Neander, Riley, Anderson will all safely be on it. There's going right? to be a bunch of guys we've never heard of. There's going to be guys sure. that, that join the team in 2027 who right now are nine years old or something and... You and I are going to be the old codgers in the press box walking around with our canes and our motorized scooters, and we're going to be interviewing <laughs> these guys, and their names are going to be like, you know, Felix with two Fs or something, and like, we'll all be on hovercrafts, and yeah. then we'll be living in Blade Runner 2, not in Blade Runner 1. <laughs> I look forward to that. Have you seen those movies? Yeah, I know you said last week you didn't see Star Wars, and people got no. Upset, should so. I watch that that modern version of Blade Runner with Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford? Should you? Yeah, you should watch watch all of them. Watch the old one and then watch the new one. They're both good. Okay. Done. I watched the I, I watched the new one. I think it's called Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I watched that yeah like a month ago. I, I've seen it a couple of times. I like it. Done. It didn't like it, it didn't crush it at the box office because it's kind of like you might like it because it's like a. It's like slower paced, like intellectual sci-fi. That's kind of what Blade Runner is, sort of. So, and the thing in the book that the Blade Runner is based off is fantastic too. I think I've talked about that on the podcast. Philip K. Dick. Yeah, it's by that. That um, the book's called "Do Androids about. Dream of Electric Sheep?" Philip K. Dick. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah, great. Cool. So, if younger people are listening to this podcast and they and they don't know him, they should uh, they can check that out, and then they can live in the future the way that we are with the all-decade team. The last thing that is part of my all-decade project is I picked an all-decade nightmare team with some of the names that will scare Leafs fans the most. You mentioned some of them earlier in the podcast, like the David Clarkson and Toscala and Gustafson are on this team, Commissarek. Um, the first line I have in the nightmare team is McLaren, Smithson, Orr, who I'm sure that everyone remembers fondly when that was the Leafs' fourth line. Yeah. Um, they've had a lot of Joey Crabs on here. Jay Rosehill, you mentioned. Philip Dupuis is the fourth line center. Um, Jeff Finger, Richard Ponick get onto the team? No, he's too good. Okay, he's way too good. No one has nightmares okay. about Richard Ponick. Okay, I'm just looking at some old lines and trying to find guys who might have been on the team. What about Troy Bodie, who is works he, for the Leafs? He didn't quite make it. He didn't quite make too it. good. Okay. Well, he was like he kind of did what he was supposed to do when he was on the team. Yeah, but I put like I like I have like Jason Blake, Ole Jokinen. Wow, Jason Blake seems like too good for this team. No, 
Well, it's just because the contract and all those kinds of... I don't know. It's just... Okay. I was just trying to put together a team that was like, oh, man, remember when that guy was on the team? Like, Ricard Wallin and Zach wow. Sill. Uh, Zach Garnet, wow. Garnet Exelby. Uh, Corbinian Holzer. So, anyway. This this whole project is like kind of like about a trip down nostalgia lane. And there's nobody on this team that, that is part of the Leafs organization now. No, this isn't like this isn't the nightmare era for the uh, for the Leafs. At least, this, well, we'll see we'll see how how things go with the next few months. But it feels like that 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 part of the franchise is over. Man, there were some dudes on like just some random guys on some of these teams when they got bad. Oh, remember that one year when they were just like throwing guys overboard and was that Joaquin? What was his name? Lin, Lindquist Joaquin or Lindstrom. That's what I'm looking Lindstrom. at. Like they had a fourth line of Joaquin Lindstrom, Zach Sill, and Brandon Cozen. And on defense, they had Eric Brewer, Andrew McWilliam, Tim Erickson. Remember Tim Erickson? Oh, yeah. And remember those games? Andrew, Andrew McWilliam was on the first pair. <laughs> oh, wow. What a world. Those were some was. of the most random lineups. That, that was when they were tanking, though, right? This was the 14-15 season. So this was when okay. they were just bad. Well, they got Marner out of that. So that's... So yeah, Andrew McWilliam has played 12 NHL games. He's in the American Hockey League. He's been in the American Hockey League ever since that season. So I'm actually pretty sure I saw him in Toronto the other day. Is that possible? He plays for Rochester in the AHL. So I don't know. Was Rochester playing the, the Marlies recently? Yeah, it must have been. All right. I'm surprised. Anyway. I'm surprised you could. You, would you just like recognize him on the street? Yeah, because for some reason, like I, I always thought there was something interesting about him. Like he, I think he was like a seventh round pick. Um, but obviously that's kind of sick that you could see Andrew McWilliam walking down the street and you would know. It doesn't look was. like it was him because uh, they were not here. Oh wait, it's no, still, they were here. No, they weren't here. They're, they're here soon. <laughs> it's still kind of sick that you saw somebody that looked kind of like that, and you're like, "Is hey, is that Andrew McWilliam? Like, how many people in how many people on Earth would think that that don't know him nobody. personally? Not very many. Nobody. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't be able to recognize him. Eric Brewer. Now I would recognize Eric Brewer. Eric Brewer lived on my street when I lived in Kamloops. Wow, that's where he. Remember, where he, he spent also the, got the. Didn't he get the one thousand game thing yeah. with the Leafs? I played hockey with Eric's sister. She was on my team. Wow. Like. Eric, Eric's a, he's a Camus guy. He's a good guy. What a world. What a world. What a world. All right, well, this has been fun. Yeah, see? You didn't want to do it, and then it ended up being amazing. It ended up changing your life. Don't it. I was, it cha- I was not it super enthused. Changed your life. Well, at least you're going to go watch Blade Runner now. Yeah, that's true. And, and I've had fun book. looking at some of these old lines. Well, that's it. That's it. Wow. All right. This is... Oh, my God. I'm just going through some of these line combinations. <laughs> oh, my God. This is unbelievable. Do you want to know? Like, I'm than... just looking back at the 14-15 preseason. For some reason, I kept these lines. Oh, this pre-season. is the lineup for their, their first preseason game. Booth, Kadri, Levo. Winnick, Holland, Fratton. Ashton, Contiola, Biggs. McLaren, Carrick, Bodie. What a world we were living in. Anyway, hmm. all right. Contiola, that takes. Uh, he Contiola. should be on the Nightmare team, man. Yes, I don't know why he, he should have cracked know. it. Did he play any games? Didn't he? Didn't he? No, he got sent to the yeah, Marlies. He, got, he didn't, he, he yeah, didn't he even didn't make, make the it. team. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he. If he would have played one game, he would have made it because that guy was 
Remember we were talking about he could be the third line center or whatever, and then he couldn't even. He was like, he was too slow. He like, apparently he was like fat and out of shape and like couldn't even. He, I don't even think he could play with the Marlies. No, I'm pretty sure he went to go back pretty quick, right? Like he he didn't want to stay. Yeah, he's like, get me out of here. And they we were like, get out of here. <laughs> They're like, thanks. All right. So just if fans think it's bad with the current Leafs, like just at least we're not living in that era anymore. Mm, yep. These are better days for the Leafs. Thanks, everybody. 